now proudly presented on SNME. That's Sunday night's main event. Heavy traffic during 4-5. Got a hustle on the own time. Color people every port side. We just people from the north side. Want some teammates at the shore fine. Winter ready on the four ties. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, live here, HWE Renaissance. And I am with a Renaissance man in himself. The one, the only, the masterpiece himself, Chris Adonis. How are you, sir? After that intro, I'm feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> so I got to ask, first question. You uh, recently did, or, or a couple months back last year, you did a great conversation with Chris Van Vliet, one of, my, one of my favorite ones that he's done. And in that conversation, you guys talked about, you know, maybe Wrestle, or Royal Rumble was around the corner, maybe making a return. It didn't come to fruition, but if WWE were to contact you, would you go back for one more Royal Rumble? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's even, it's something I've tried to manifest. It's almost even a dream of mine. Like, you know, I've, I've told many of people, I mean, I can't say that I think I'll ever work in WWE again, although you never say never, but it would be nice to go back to get that, you know, that Royal Rumble spot and to go in there and shine and show uh, that audience who Chris Adonis is compared to Chris Masters. And I think, you know, I think I could shine real bright in there. I wouldn't need long, you know, and I think it'd be really cool. I think it'd be a great moment. We've seen so many legends come through, so many people kind of return home in an essence. But I have to say this, the most fun I've seen you have in wrestling, and I even said that to Aaron when I sat down with him, seems to be the NWA. It seems that everybody really is free there. Everybody is able to, I guess, move the story along the way that they are supposed to, but also kind of do it in their own way, which is really refreshing, especially in pro wrestling. Would you agree or disagree? No, I agree. The freedom has been awesome. We all love that because you kind of get to a point where you want to kind of figure yourself out. And I think NWA has been a great place for a lot of us. You know, a lot of us are at the point, you know, you don't figure yourself out in a year, sometimes even five years. There used to be the territories. A lot of us went kind of into developmental and then straight into WWE. And you're not even a fully evolved or made worker at that point. And so, you know, even a lot of the guys WWE have cut bait with are guys who are actually either in their prime or coming into their prime because they've now either worked indies or NWA or whatever. And now they've kind of really figured out who they are. And they've really, you know, for me, I know that I'm doing the best in-ring work I've ever done in my whole career at the age of 40. And I feel better than I ever have. So, uh, and that's just a testament to me holding up physically but also having 20 years now of experience in the squared circle to gather from and from people who are even far better than me that I've taken from so um, I think it's all of that but uh, NWA has been great because you know again they're, they're getting talent at that point and also we're able to go out there and kind of do our thing. Absolutely. And actually, while we're speaking, Billy Corgan just announced a new TV deal for NWA, which is huge because now it's not YouTube as a platform. You guys actually have a TV deal, more eyes on, the, on a great product. And I've been a fan of since its return. I've loved everything that's been done over there. Uh, maybe not Aaron's fashion sense, uh, but, you know, that's that's a different a different conversation for another day. But in terms of now the TV deal and the chance to get more eyes on this product and I guess in a way knowing if you if you knew what you know now, back then when you were younger, do you think it would it would help uh, shape the locker room uh, or shape you better into more of a, a leader in the locker room? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but if I knew now, if I could, you know, take this information and plan it to me back then, I mean, there's a lot of things that would happen, first of all, you know what I mean? Because, you know, uh, you always have, you know, I was only a couple years in, so you have all these deficiencies, but as time goes on, you just kind of learn how 
to, uh, like for me, it was about approaching everything a little differently, and I think that kind of helped out my overall game, approaching the way I uh, go into promos, the way I dress, the way I work, and just every little thing, you know, just kind of micromanaging each little thing and, and really trying to, uh, you know, evolve that. But um, your original question was about... My original question was the fact that knowing it, knowing your TV style, knowing being in front of big TV cameras before, knowing how TV works in terms of shooting wrestling, are you going to be able to translate that into more of a leadership role in the locker room? That oh, was yeah. My oh, question. yeah, yeah. And it would be a game changer, again, just if I had the information then that I have now, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you, you get it. You understand how to not only work the audience, but also work the cameras, which a lot of times kind of work hand in hand anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's a big part of it. Absolutely. Now, with this new TV deal in place, is there a potential of you guys going more on a roadly schedule, kind of touring cities as you're as you're doing? Do you guys think it's still going to be centralized based out of Memphis? Oh, well, that question's a little above my pay grade Fair in enough. NWA, but I will say that, I mean, it's always our hope is to go on tour and that it's doing successful enough on, on television or whatever venue that people will come out and uh, come and see the product. Absolutely. Now, out of everyone that's in the NWA locker room right now, um, I was able to speak to Ricky Morton's son as well a few months back, and he mentioned about learning from the vets over there and really soaking that up. When you hear a younger talent coming up mentioning that, sticking to the, I guess, old school thinking of wrestling where pay it forward, the older guys know more, learn from them when you can, have those conversations, whether it be five or ten minutes. Do you find it refreshing in this day and age that there are still a lot of wrestlers that are doing it the old school way and listening to the, the guys in the locker room with more leadership? Uh, well, yes, but that was always our uh, the way we were taught this coming up from, you know, me, Aaron Stevens, everybody coming into OVW was a lot of it was, you know, shut the F up and listen. And uh, it was never about uh, tuning our our own horns after a match. It was really right to what being critical. What could we have changed or done better in the match? And I don't know if that's maybe what part of what's missing, but. To be honest, I haven't seen a lot of uh, what you're talking about. I've heard of it in uh, certain promotions, I guess. But, like, my experience, at least on the indies, is I'm working guys who have two, three years' experience. So it just goes without saying when you're working a guy with my much experience, like, dude, you're just, you know, unless I ask you for input, just shut the F up, and you're going to learn tonight, and we're, you know, I've accounted for your F-ups already, you know, and like, let's go out there and like, you know, not only perform for the crowd, but this is also going to be uh, a lesson for you in the most positive way, you know what I mean, as far as timing and all of that stuff. So, um, I, you know, I don't think there's a lot of disrespect towards veterans, but I do think that, um, again, like, you know, my whole group just comes from a place of, you know, we don't necessarily put ourselves over as much as the first thing is what can be done better, what was not good, what was critical. And that's just been ingrained in our head, man. That's our, <laughs> that's always been our approach. You know, like I can uh, sit back and watch some of my work and appreciate when something's done well in a sell and stuff. But, you know, we still kind of our default is to what could be better, you know. Always kind of, reaching, always reaching for more. Well, yeah. And, you know, just always, you know, always just looking at like. Again, it was never about putting yourselves over as much. Like maybe you did that in your head after because you knew the match was still good, but there was that certain point that you could have done this or whatever the hell, you know what I mean? I got exactly what you're saying. So I got to ask this. My favorite time of you in WWE, and I don't want to go back to WWE because I still think what you're doing now is fantastic, yeah. but WWE, the Master Lock Challenge. Yeah, yeah, put it on yeah. so many people. Yeah, yeah. Was there anyone that you ever felt might have been a missed opportunity that, damn, I wish I could have put the Master Lock on this person, but it didn't, it didn't progress that far. I didn't have the opportunity to. They had somebody pretty wild in mind for it, but I can't remember who it was. I'm trying to think, you know, 
I always kind of think of the, the big show because I remember when they uh, said we were going to do a Mad Talk Challenge with him, the big question was, can I get him in it? <laughs> and so then when I got to the arena, you know, we all went out to the ring and we practiced it a few times and we just figured, like, it's just not going to happen. And then we we're trying to figure out, like, well, what can we wrap a chain around to kind of uh, bridge the gap? And, but then we kind of, I think the consensus was, well, that doesn't really make sense now because you can't, like, you don't have the uh, torque in it or whatever. So um, I'm trying to think if there was a missed opportunity, though. I guess. I mean, you put a lot of people in the master lock. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I never, like, I, but I never, I don't think I ever, like, put Hunter in it. For no, instance. no, I don't believe you did. But, like, you know, I don't know. I, the missed opportunity because, I mean, you know, if you remember, they did have me put it on Tori Wilson and Melissa Coates. Yes. I and how can you complain about a missed opportunity in terms of being a heel and getting heat than master locking women? Yeah, uh, that's true. Ima Fair. Imagine in this day and age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Putting the master lock on and like, a Charlotte I, Flair or somebody like that. Like and dangerous. shout out to Melissa Coates, who's now passed on. Rest in peace. But, man. I gave it to her aggressive, and she like she's a tough woman, man. She took it like because I was still so green that like when you're that green and you're under that kind of pressure, I mean, you don't even really know what stiff is. You're still learning how to like work and you know what's too stiff and what's the right amount. And and I was definitely snug with her, but she was a champ about it. <laughs> right, on. I, that's awesome. That's an awesome story. In terms of Chris Masters and Chris Adonis and everything that you've done in your career and everything that you've accomplished in your career. Would you say that now, not in your later years, but in your more experienced years of pro wrestling, that you have any big regrets that you feel might have turned your journey a different direction? Oh yeah, I mean, just generally, I, I wanted to break in. I knew what I wanted to do from a very young age and I, I, I put all my effort into doing it and getting there as young as possible, but I just don't think it necessarily served me that great because you know, I was 19 years old, uh, and you haven't developed certain life skills. Like, you know, like even if you're not gonna use your education, like when you go finish school and stuff, you're developing life skills that you're gonna need uh, for just real, the real world. And, you know, I just feel like I was in such a rush to get there, and then I got there, and I was still a kid, you know, in this world full of adult grown men. And, uh, you know, it was just, a, it was amazing and a dream come true, but it was also very difficult because I just didn't have the life skills. I hadn't been in many locker rooms. So, like, it was definitely uh, a lot to get used to at that young age. I mean, and I, I feel like I coped well, actually. But, again, I just feel like I would have, if I had been more mature, I wouldn't have been so much, so easily influenced and I would have been able to keep my, my focus better and, um, you know, been more mature about the whole process. I think that's a great, that's a, that, thank you for the honest answer. I feel that's a really honest answer. My final question, and this is kind of cool because you mentioned OVD, so it, or OVW, so it kind of ties up into that. OVW, the wrestler's documentary, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it yet, but they were literally almost going to close their doors on all those years of history. And now because of the documentary on Netflix, they're able to save it and it's actually thriving again. That's awesome. How does that make you feel knowing that there, you, have, you have roots in, in there too as history and that OVW is not going away, at least for the foreseeable future? Well, I didn't know it was at risk of going away. Um, so for me, in that aspect, for me personally, I'm obviously very happy. But I was more just seeing the success. And he, I was just even talking about this a little while ago. Um, it just makes me really happy for OVW as a brand, for Al Snow, for everybody down there. Because uh, it is kind of a piece of wrestling history now a little bit. Like, you know, you've had some really successful people come out of there. And it was definitely a successful developmental system. And it was 
to me, like when you look at the new training facility, it's amazing. It's more than you could have ever dreamed for. But like OVW was old school. You know what I mean? It was old school. It was in Louisville. It was Jim Cornette, Danny Davis. Babies don't hang out with heels. Heels don't hang out with babies. And so I just look back so fondly on that um, time frame because it was just, it was like my college. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And like, I'm just really happy for them to know that they can still, that they're having all the success, that it got as popular as it did, and that, that it's going to help their overall business. Because, uh, you know, I think everybody would be pretty sad to see OVW go away. And uh, I'm just happy that it looks like, you know, this is just a great thing for them, you know? Absolutely. And now it actually gives me an excuse to go to Kentucky. Now I got to hit Memphis to go to NWA and then hit Kentucky to go to OVW. Well, and I, I worked there about a year ago or something. I, I worked against Mr. Pitacular, so it was a lot of fun going back. Aaron Stevens was there too, which was pretty cool because we had a lot of, uh, you know, we were up, we came up in the same time down there together, so it brought back a lot of memories. Brought back a lot of great memories for yeah, sure. Yeah, and then uh, Fertig came down, uh, Kevin Thorne, who was uh, Malachi, or no, no, what was his name in. Uh, he People did the are going to be hating on us right now. I know, but I'm just so uh. spaced out right now. I just had a rough week. But Kevin Thorne, anyway, you know, it was Kevin Thorne in OVW, so he came down too and stuff. So, yeah. It was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah very cool. Oh, well, I hope to hope one day the OVW crowd gets to see Chris Adonis up in the OVW ring again. Hey, you said it was about a year ago, so I think you're due for another return over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, when the time's right. When the, Always when the time is right. The time has to be right. Chris, thank you so much for the time, man. This is an honor. Bucket list checked off for me because you're one of my favorites of all time. If you could do me one more favor, give me some of that Chris Adonis moxie, that machismo, and tell the people at home, you had a great conversation, and maybe they should take a chance to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. What's the channel? Straight Talk Wrestling. What's up, everybody? This is Chris Adonis, the masterpiece, sexy Jesus, and you're watching Straight Talk Wrestling. That's awesome. Way better. See, that's a way better outro than I could ever do. My intro was good, but the outro was better. <laughs> Peace, love, and wrestling, guys. See you next week. Thank you so much for watching. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and turn on that notification bell so you get notified each time we post a video. Alternatively, you can check us out on all podcast platforms and host it on Podbean. We are also available on the SNME Network. That's the Sunday Night Main Event Patreon. Please feel free to check us out there as well. And don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at underscore Straight Talk on Twitter, at Straight Talk Wrestling on Instagram, Straight Talk Wrestling on Facebook, Straight Talk Wrestling on TikTok. And of course, you can check out all our merch at ProWrestlingTees.com. I don't need a nigga.